Good evening, church. Good evening. Good evening. I know some of you are saying, boy, he has a very romantic voice tonight, or what the heck is going on? Well, um, I almost didn't make it here. Um, every once in a while, I get these allergies, and I know it's the enemy. I don't know why tonight specifically, but he was trying to keep me from coming. And to deliver this message tonight, and um, and so Pastor Pam heard me just sneezing and sneezing and coughing, but she was worried about me, and right away she said, "Listen, if you don't feel well, come Wednesday, because this started happening on Monday. Come Wednesday, don't worry about it." I, and I said, I looked at her and I said, "No." I've never been a quitter. I'm a champion for Jesus. And, and so again, I'm not trying to sound romantic to you. It's just that I'm congested because I'm still dealing with it. I got I got my little drops in my left pocket. And, uh, and I'm hoping that it will do God the honor to have me here. And, and, and the Holy Spirit places in my heart uh, this afternoon. He said, if any one of us need to come up here, during this message, because you need to come up to leave it at the foot of the cross. Amen. Whatever it needs for you to leave up here, and that's including me too, okay? Amen. You can come up here, and I don't know why he said that, but he laid it on my heart so deeply tonight before I got here, and, um, and I just wanted to thank you uh, for allowing me to come up, because the enemy was telling me, oh no, call Bishop Lyle. No, and, and, I, and, I, and I said no, and I said no, and this has happened to me, it, it comes from all kinds of things, it could be, I'm affected by a lot of men's perfume, uh, cologne and women's perfume, and it'll cause an allergic reaction uh, to me where I'm, I don't stop sneezing, uh, I could be affected by, by just the, the change of temperature in a room, these are things, you know, but I always rebuke it. And, and I get through it. And even when I was at work, that this would happen, as long as I wouldn't get anybody sick, because that was the most important thing. Uh, my, my students sick, my staff sick, or anyone, I would, always, I would always make it to work, no matter what. Or you hear people make excuses for anything. But you're not gonna get that from me. So, let's start. So tonight, think of this, um, a person that smokes, Cigarettes. Smokes every day. Every week. Every month. And every year for years. For years this person. Could be a man or a woman. Smoking every day. Every week. Every month. Every year. For years. What happens is. And this is medical fact. And if I'm wrong, you can ask someone that's sitting in the room that worked in the cardiopulmonary department of a hospital real close to this building, and, and she dealt with this, okay? So I, ne I never went to her. When, when the, Lord, the Holy Spirit gives me the messages to give, I never go to Pastor Pam for anything. 
about it because this is between the Holy Spirit and I. Even though sometimes she wants to get involved because she's like a mother hen and wants to just, you know, help me. But they, and, I, and I embrace that, but it's between me and God. So what happens is the lungs are such a fragile organ that they become hardened and non-pliable. That means that because of all these years of smoking, all these days, constantly, you never put the cigarette down, okay? The lungs are not functioning correctly. There's not enough breath that you can take that you feel comfortable. There, you know, what's happening is in the exhaling and inhaling process, there's something missing because the lungs have become hardened. They're not soft anymore. So you, you see a lot of people suffering. I, I had an uncle that was a constant smoker. Not an uncle, I'm sorry, I think I shared this with you before. Um, a godfather to the three of us, my brother, my sister, and I. And he, when he lived with us for a little while, when we first came from Cuba, and he would smoke secretly, secretly in the bathroom. And he would take a lot of cologne. And I would walk into that bathroom and I'd go, what the heck? Is I, I didn't even understand what was going on. But unfortunately, he died of emphysema. And I was with him in his deathbed. I was right beside him. You know, I was, I was raised Catholic, so I wasn't a true believer. But I was with him and I saw the suffering in his last stages, he looked like a skeleton because it dried him up. And that's what happens to these lungs. They become hardened and then they cannot be used anymore. Well, here's the thing too to think about. People that read the Bible, I mean, they read the Bible, the word of God until they're blue in their face. And that's an expression that Americans use until there's no tomorrow. And they'll brag about reading the Bible and this and that, but what happens is, if they read the Bible, and their heart, man or woman, is hardened, the Holy Spirit cannot be present in what's happening that they're supposed to receive from receiving the Word of God, because that heart is hardened. Think about the lungs, think about the heart right now. So it's something for us to understand, and we talked about this from this pulpit so many times, anyone can claim to be a Christian, okay? Anyone can tell you, oh, I know my Bible. But then when you see, and I'm included in this, okay? Remember, a lot of these messages, I would say 99% of them, they're for me. Even though you're thinking it's for you, but they're for me. Because God is showing me something. God is strengthening me. It's just like I, you know, the enemy was trying to tell me you're not going to make it tonight. And, and I kept saying, no, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. And I will be here no matter what. Even, even if I sound very sexy or whatever I sound like. But I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through it because God is going to give me the right words and the right action through the Holy Spirit. So with that said, let's open up with prayer. Father God, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. How we love you, Lord. 
How we need you, Lord. How we adore you, Lord. We need more of you each and every moment of our lives. We want more of you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord, what you're about to deliver tonight through the Holy Spirit, because like I always say, I can never do it justice. Give me the strength, Lord. Give me the strength to do this tonight. It's just not for me, but it's to honor you, Lord Christ. I thank you for my brothers and sisters that are here tonight that come always because they love the service on Wednesday night and they love to honor you and glorify your name every time. But I know they also secretly love to support me. And I love them for that, Lord. I love them for life. And I thank you, Lord. I give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So the title of the message tonight, guess what? The Heart Transplant. And, you know, I don't know why this message came upon me and, and God laid it on me and then I kept praying for God and then I received something through the mail and, and it was talking about that too. And I go, oh my God, what are you telling me, Lord? And this is what, what the Holy Spirit asked me to, to put together tonight through his guidance. So if you could, let's jump immediately, Isaiah 29. And thank you for bearing with me. Isaiah 29, verses 13 and 14. Isaiah 29, verses 13 and 14. Therefore, the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear towards me is taught by the commandment of men, Therefore, behold, I will again do marvelous work among these people, a marvelous work and a wonder. And this, this part here, you've got to really listen closely to this. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. Remember what we talked about so many times before? Sometimes people think because they have all these degrees, all these studies, and they feel that they're, they're so together in understanding the Word of God, they forget that it's all about the Father in Heaven. It has nothing to do with them. It may have directly something to do with them if they need the message, but you know, people thinking, like it says here, men that think they have all the wisdom. Well, where do you think the wisdom comes from? The wisdom comes from the Father above, Amen. Jesus Christ, right? And, and and for them to be prudent, thinking that, ooh, I got it all. I know it all. And yet they're so far, so far from the glory of God because we all fall short of the glory. So important points, the Hebrews knew to talk the spiritual talk. And you, you'll remember this. They knew how to talk to spiritual talk. But their hearts were far from God. And that can happen to any one of us. It can happen at a church. It can happen at a job. It can happen anywhere that, you know, we may encounter anyone. You know, we, we, we think 
We think we, we know it all. We think we got it all prepared. And, 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 and we're ready to deliver something to someone. And we what do we do sometimes? We're relying on ourselves. Instead of relying on what the Holy Spirit is telling you and I to do. And how to speak to that person. How to love on that person. You can't always tell a person. I, when I wrote this down, this was given to me by the Holy Spirit. You can't always tell a person's heart, but what they say, as well as you can't always tell a person's heart, but what they do. So neither works. Because who do we know that is the only one that knows the heart of men and women? Jesus Christ, God, right? So... You may think you have a fixed end zone focus on someone that came you to the church and saying, wow, this person, or you may, or I myself, may have a fixed focus and understanding of a new man that came to the Bible study group on Saturdays, yet I could be so far from it. Because not understanding that even though there's that, that saying, well, actions speak louder than word. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. But whose action is that? Is it your action? You in, in uh, you know, in, in your mind, your intelligence thinking, no, come on. Science proves that this is the way it should be. Debunk science. Science can never prove anything over God, never. And you see more people nowadays, I, I mean, that makes you sick. If you've been watching the news, there's two governors. Well, one that's trying to seek the governorship in this in this state, and the other one is a governor in another state. Okay, now they're using scripture. You heard this from me last time. They're using scripture to try to sell their political campaign. That's blasphemous. That's that's against everything that stands for God. And they think they have a license to speak of the word of God that is sacred, that is holy, that is righteous. And they can twist it and turn it to get what they want. Oh my goodness. I hate to be in their heavenly shoes when they, when they come before God. Because God sees it all. God knows it all. And, and we will come before the judgment. One day before the judgment throne. Only God knows the heart of a person. Anyone can act all nice and smile all the time, but when tough moments come before them, we can almost, we can most of the time see the real person. Church, we have talked about this all the time, and we are all guilty of it. And now I got to plug in my testimony again. You heard this many times before, and I know a lot of you have prayed for me. There was a time that I, my heart was real hard. I mean, extremely hard. You couldn't even find a speck of light in my heart. And this was because of my brother, my own brother that has visited this church. A lot of you have heard this testimony, and I won't take too long with it, but. For those of you that might have forgotten and have not heard it, my heart was so hard because I I couldn't believe that my brother 
would do anything to hurt me and my family. And again, I don't think he did it deliberately, but it was over a real estate deal. And I know you're gonna say, but come on, Pastor Pete, over money you get that way? No, it was more than that for me. Because my brother, growing up, he was a little bit like that, more about himself. And I was that kind of guy that I always wanted to please him and please, and please others. Not because I was a good guy, but it was just part of me. I was, you know, my mother brought me up that way, my father, so. But my brother was in federal prison, if you remember the story, in Pensacola. And he was released to a halfway house right behind the Marlins baseball stadium. And it was actually run by Pentecostal church. And so I wanted to go see him. This was a few years ago. And um, I got to tell you, my heart was black as black can see. If you look at that barrel where the garbage goes in there, it was as black as that, dark as that, evil as that, black as Brother Doug's shirt that he's wearing. And I'm not making fun of his shirt. He has a beautiful shirt. But, but I know he was sweating a little bit. But, but here's the thing. I was not coming to see him, and I went by myself with a message of thanksgiving of hope. Please don't judge me. But I was coming with a message to beat him up, to get on him, to let him know how much he's hurt me for years. So here I walk into the complex, and I show my ID and all that, and then here's my brother sitting in a broken wheelchair because he had to have a knee operation. And at the same time, a hip operation. So I come upon my brother, if you remember the story, and he's sitting there and he had the biggest smile on his face for me. Oh, here's my brother coming to see me. And he thought I was coming over, like I said, to bring cheers to bring a message of hope for him. And here I'm an ordained, licensed pastor, and I'm also a chaplain. Oh my goodness. So I'm held to a higher standard. I'm held to a higher standard to be more like Jesus than anyone else because of the fact that God has put given me that, that calling and I received the calling and I act upon the calling. So I go up to my brother, he thought I was gonna hug him, and right away, Sister Sophie, I got on him. And I, got, and I started saying ugly things to him. Like, you know, you should be ashamed, whatever I said to him. And, and putting him down, look how much hurt you cost us, and now you're here, and, and this and that. And, and, and here's what happened. He looked up at me, and he smiled. And what came out of his mouth was, I'm sorry, Pete. Well, that's all it took. It broke me down. The Holy Spirit convicted me. And I got on my knees in front of him, in front of the whole patio where there were people sitting. And immediately I asked him for forgiveness. Why am I speaking about this tonight, about the heart being hardened? Because that's what happens. Sometimes our hearts are hardened so deeply that 
we can claim that we're still believers, and yet we are walking around with this with this hardened heart. That was me. Well, God wasn't done with me. That was Sunday when I went to visit him after church, this church. And when I get home in the evening, God said, and the message you're going to deliver at the homeless shelter tomorrow, I want you to speak about this and reveal who you truly are. Wow. I was so ashamed. I was so distraught. I didn't want to do that because there were so many people at the shelter that loved me. Most of the time on a Monday night, Bishop Lyle will tell you because he was there with me or I was there with him. It could be anywhere from 75 to 85 people. This is before the pandemic. And I said, Lord, I can't do this. And God said, you are doing this. You're going to disclose yourself. You're going to let them know who you really are. Oh, boy. So I had a message already ready. And I got there. And I started speaking. And everybody, there are a lot of men and women in the room that, that back then, and some of them keep coming back, They've always cared for me because I've always treated them the right way, try to love them, then try to give them help through the social services in the county and things like that. Because I consider myself a servant of God that I have to get down and dirty with the hurting. That's why God put me in that ministry. Not because I'm great, but because I'm supposed to be there. So here I am standing in front of all these people and God wouldn't let me talk about anything else. And out of my mouth comes, and I say to all of them, I'm sorry. And they all look at me, what's he sorry about? I'm sorry what I'm about to say. I let you down, all of you sitting here. And they go, what? What's going on? And I said, I went to see my brother yesterday afternoon after church, and I trashed the heck out of him. I put him down, I destroyed him. And, and I thought I heard this, and I still remember. The Holy Spirit made me remember this yesterday. I thought I heard someone said, I knew it. Like they were judging me immediately, like I was a phony, freaking baloney. And then I heard someone say, Pastor Pete, it's going to be okay. And I heard that person clearly, and I said, no. I let you down because you're looking for someone and listening to someone that is supposed to have a heart for God and a heart for others. You're looking at someone that is supposed to have the love and compassion for others and forgiveness no matter what they've done. But yet I didn't have it for my dear brother. This is my blood brother, not my just Christian brother, my dear blood brother. And, and I looked at all of them and I said, I need you to pray for me because I am not worthy to be in front of you. Well, I don't know what happened, but a whole bunch of the men and women got up and they rushed me at the pulpit because we have a portable pulpit that you can move around. They came around me crying and praying for me and asking God to forgive me. That was the most incredible night for me because I was delivered. 
So this message is about being delivered if your heart is hardened. Even if it's hardening a little piece. Because we've all been there. I'm there with you. I am no better than any one of you. And, and even if it's this hard because you're holding on to something. I had one young man here one time say to me, Pastor Pete, I need you to pray. This, this church, he no longer comes here. I need you to pray for me because uh, I haven't forgiven my brother in over 20 some odd years. And he hasn't forgiven me. And I, and I couldn't understand that I forgot what I'd done to my brother. I forgot. I really did, Sister Sophie. I was like, I don't know how, how could I forget what I did to my brother that time? And I said to him, well, what's going on? He explained to me. And I said, well, you know, the word of God tells us, God says, how can I forgive you if you don't forgive others? Amen. And you don't forgive your brother and sister. And, and I hope he got it. I only saw him a couple of other times. I don't even remember his name, but he was here. And he asked for that. So, if you could, go to Matthew's chapter 12. Matthew's chapter 12, verses 34 through 37. 12, 34, 37. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is God speaking. Amen. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For your words you will be, I'm sorry, for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. And I tell you, I ask God to forgive me every day because I think about this. I'm not thinking about anybody here in this room. I'm thinking about me. Amen. The wickedness. The filthiness. I've always been transparent when I come up here. I, I never play games with any of you. I always tell you who I am. And if you are displeased with me, I tell you I'm sorry. But I tell you to pray for me. Always pray for me. Because I'm far from being there. I'm further than maybe some of you. But God is still working in my life. Right, and you know what's really awesome? You know, I, I, I love Bishop Lyle when he said, you know, you know, sometimes I'm not easy. I, I'm not, you know, that cool and all this and that. But, but here's, here's what happened when Bishop Lyle said this on Sunday. He said, but I get it done. Oh, my God. The Holy Spirit said to me loud and clear. Yes, he does. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I love that. I love that because, see, God can use everyone. And if it's in your heart, remember when I preached a, a, a few weeks ago? If it's in your heart to fight for the church, you're all in for God. And that's what that man sitting in the back is all for. He's all about fighting for God's church. He's going to protect it no matter what. And sometimes you will see the bear coming at you because he's <laughs> fighting for his church. Or sometimes you'll see the smile and the awesome dancing that occur on Sunday. 
But see, that's what I love, what God does. And so none of us, none of us in this room can judge any one of us. Because we all go through this stuff. And we all have to understand that God is a forgiving God. And, and He will walk us through it. He will walk us through it. But listen to this, He will use that moment. Oh my goodness. He used that moment with me on Sunday. When He just said, but I get it done. I love the way He said that. I go, wow, I almost, I almost felt like getting up and running over and giving him a hug. Amen. He probably would have told me, go sit down. <laughs> but, you know, but this is what I love, what God does, okay? Think of it this way. Anyone can dress the part. Oh, yeah. We have people that come to church. When I, when I was in a Catholic church, and I'm not putting down Catholic churches. When I was in a Catholic church going with my sisters in Peter and Paul in Miami in Flagler Street, Everybody dressed so properly. And my sister would say to me, you have to wear that cheapy suit that you have in the closet. I don't want to wear that. I've grown so much. My, I, I look like I've been walking in a puddle in my, in my pants trunk. I mean, I look really awful. No, you got to wear that. Because that was important to them. That wasn't what's in the heart. Amen. I hate to say that. That's the truth. So they may wear nice clothes to church. Speak so eloquently, so beautifully, like, oh my God, it's like honey, honey coming out of their lips, right? Pastor Chris says it perfectly. These feel-good messages, what are they good for? Nothing, absolutely nothing. Say it again. No, I'm not kidding. So, they even be wearing around their neck nice chain with a cross. I got to tell you, I used to remember this guy at the shelter for a while. He was a client there, and he would always come with this big chain and a big cross. And he and people, and he was always, hallelujah, this and that. And there were times when I would go outside before I would leave. I would hear him on the phone, and he didn't see me coming. Oh, my goodness. And he was talking like he was another person that I didn't recognize. That's why I tell you. Don't always judge a book by its cover. Don't always look at a person and think you got him pegged. Because you may see their true heart. This guy was cursing up a storm and talking. It seemed like he was talking to his girlfriend or somebody. And talking so brutally and so nasty. And I go, wow, look at that. And yet he walks around. You, you should have seen him walking around like a peacock. He come in the cafeteria and he was like this. And, 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 and of course, you can see his cross a mile away. But that doesn't mean anything. Hey, listen, I'm not putting anybody down this morning and chain the cross here. No, not at all. But I'm just saying, is that what's going to say who you are? No, it's what's in here that says who you are. All right? So these are things... Because their heart seems heartened. God cannot do anything with a hardened heart. That's why he says you, you must surrender and, and, and ask for forgiveness. So that I can redeem you. So that I can resurrect you. So that I can lift you up on high. That's what God says. He cannot do anything with us if we're not willing to, to go with an open heart. It's never going to happen. You can know the Bible so well. 
Oh my goodness, you can quote scripture. But if your heart is hardened, how can God use you and I? It never will happen. It never happened to me when I was walking that way. You know why I could say that? Because I walked in that. Pam and I, Pastor Pam and I were trying to sell that one property that I felt, you know, and again, the, the final decision to buy it was Pastor Pam and mine. This is in Miami. But I tell you, it was our decision. But yet we, we felt, I felt pushed by it and I, I wouldn't stop whining about it. And I would always complain about it and I was always so hurt. And I would say, God, if we get an opportunity, God, let it happen, then we can sell this right away because it was upside down. Sister Sophie, immediately, the property was upside down. And we bought it as an investment to bless the church, to bless missions work. Amen. Once we were able to flip it, if you understand real estate. Well, guess what? God would not let that happen. It took 14 years. And once, once I asked God to forgive, uh, for forgiveness for hurting my brother over and over, and once I came up to the foot of the cross, Hallelujah. and I left it there, then he released me. He released me. And, 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 and I feel bad because Pastor Pam was there with me and she never complained. She could have knocked me over the head with a chair and said, will you stop whining? You're the one that's making this not work out for us. And she would have been right. She would have been right. But that's what God does. So think about the religious leaders in Christ's time. You remember the Pharisees and Sadducees? These guys had the best wardrobe. You couldn't find it at a Macy's. Okay? Or a Dillard's. They, their wardrobe was nicely made and they had these big, huge hats. Can you imagine me walking around like that? I would probably look nine feet tall. They're probably mistaking me for Goliath. So, church, we see this today everywhere, even in our homes, Church's workplace. Forget the true bloodline of the politician. Look what those two politicians are doing now. Using part of scripture to sell their campaign. Shame on you. You think God is going to honor that? But yet there's people thinking, ooh, they must be pretty religious. Are you kidding me? They must be pretty knuckleheads is what they are. Because they think they can sell that to all of us. Go to Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. We're almost done. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. I will give you a new heart, says the Lord, and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh. That's what I had. Major stone. I think I have more like a... Like a I don't know. A boulder, thank you. Like a boulder, thank you so much. And give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and, and, and do them. Why? Because then when God gives, gives you and I that heart, it's really he's giving us his heart. And so we want to please him. 
And if we want to please him, we want to love on others like he loves others. We want to lift them up. We want to care for them. We want to be there for them when they're down and out. That's why I love this church. Because this church is that kind of church. A praying church. A loving church. And if you didn't hear this already, a church of deliverance. People get delivered here. Do you know that you witnessed on Sunday night when Pastor Mike Oldsfield was looking at the screen and I, I don't know what brought me up here. And I was up here and he said, you folks in Coral Springs, Potter's House Church of God. And he started praying over us. I froze and I felt the Holy Spirit all over me. And this was coming off the screen. But that's the power of God. When he lives in our heart, we're going to receive what anyone is claiming for victory in this church. We will receive that because we walk with him in our heart. Okay? So, a heart transplant from God instead of law working from the outside in, God promised a new heart to work from the inside out. Hey, the law is good, all good and everything. But Jesus came so that we don't have to look at that law that way anymore. We look at Jesus because he works from the inside. If you ask God for a change in your life, and here's what I always try to do, um, not only because of this message, but I always ask God, Lord, examine my heart this morning as I'm praying and doing my devotionals every morning every day of the week and I say to him take out of my heart what doesn't belong there you wouldn't want that in your heart take it out of my heart and I ask him that I ask him that dearly faithfully strongly with conviction and that's what I feel we all need to do so church Jesus cannot work with a hard heart Many folks may attend a large gathering. And this is what happens. You can attend a large gathering of an evangelist speaking. And this is what happened in the book of Nehemiah, where Ezra, the scribe, was called to come. Because if you remember, the two main factors in the book of Nehemiah, one was God placed in Nehemiah's heart to go back to Judea, to Israel, and to rebuild the wall. But the second thing was, if you remember, I mentioned this last time I was here, to build that covenant again with God. So they call on Ezra. Ezra pops in the book of Nehemiah because he was still there. And Ezra came and Ezra started speaking and reading the word of God. And it says in in that chapter, chapter eight, it says that they all gather around him there were a lot of them. They gathered around him and, and they fell to their knees and they praised God and they said, amen. Why? Why do you think all that happened? Because their heart was for God. And that's what, that's what Ezra was hoping for. Because he was up front with several, several leaders, call him if you want to, uh, uh, pastors, but also the, the Levites were there with him. And this is what can happen. We can go into a conference or going to listen to an evangelist speak 
But if we go with a hardened heart, we're not going to be able to get anything out of it. Mm -hmm. Unless whatever is said that evening softens your heart and my heart. And when they have the altar call, we cannot wait to run up and give our lives to Jesus. Amen. So that, that is what is so important. So it becomes meaningless if, and it could have become with Ezra, if all these people, all these Hebrews, they were just there to be obedient, but they felt nothing, but they showed the love of God for that moment in that time. And that was so important. Um, so a beating, beating heart, right? Beating. A beating heart is a signal of life physically. Our hearts beat regularly. Hopefully they do. Okay? But spiritually, until we get in relationship with Jesus Christ and really get to know him through his word, our heart is flat lining. You're never going to get you and I everything that God has for us. Because we are not living with a full heart for the Lord. And I'm not saying that we have to be perfect. There's only one perfect one. But if our goal is never to press close to him and to want more of him and less of us, it's not going to happen for us. It's never going to happen for us. God promised Ezekiel the greatest heart transplant of all. Replacing stone with flesh. The heart is the emotional and spiritual center of every person. One thing I learned from Pastor Pam, she always would say to me, oh my God, look at that on TV. Look at that preacher preach. Look, look how dark his eyes are. And I, I never understood that. I was very naive. I was a believer, but because the eyes are the windows to the soul. And if the eyes are that dark, I'm not saying if you have really deep, dark eyes, you're in trouble. I'm not saying that. But, but she was right. A lot of the times, a lot of these people were living a double-minded life. They were speaking from both sides of their mouth. If they were with one audience, they would speak this truth. If they were with another audience, they would speak that truth. That's not what God looks for in us, okay? If you could, the last scripture, go to Proverbs 19, verse 21. There are many plans in a man's heart. Oh boy, don't I know this. And I failed in many of them when I think I could do it without Jesus. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel is what that will stand. Well, that's what God is telling us here. He's telling us here, come first to me. And whatever you're going to put together, whatever plan, if you're going to, you know, bring this to the church, if you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Come first to me. Because he's our true counselor through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that wonderful counselor that he left for us. And all we have to do is ask the Holy Spirit. Guide us. Is this what you want me to do? Are you telling me to truly do this? I was arguing with the Holy Spirit about speaking in front of all those people at the shelter when I, when I went through that. <clears throat> and I tell you, when I, when I heard silent from the Holy Spirit, I knew he was serious. Amen. And that I had to do what I had to do. Because if I truly say that I'm a believer, lover, 
of Jesus Christ, I better be obedient to what he says. I better be willing to do what he says to do. When God's spirit becomes the center of our life, we are truly born again. So the Holy Spirit has to be living in, in your heart. Amen. So there's no room for darkness. So if there's any darkness, even tonight, don't be ashamed. Come on up when we close prayer and, and just give it to God. Don't give it to me. I can't do anything for you. But give it to God. Don't tell me you don't have any, any not even a little speck of darkness, because we all do. Don't tell me that, oh, no, hey, I am really pure. I am so good, I think I can walk on bath water here. Give me a break. You know, please, give me a break. Along with a new transplanted heart begins a new life in our lives each and every day. Church, when we repent, when our heart becomes hardened, Jesus pours more of himself. I love this. Pours more of himself into our lives. Amen. I love that. Amen. When our hearts become hardened, Jesus pours more of himself into our life because we repent. We say we can't do this by ourselves. I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't want to have had ugly thoughts for people that I don't even know. And that's been me at times. Oh, God, look at this person. Every time I see him at the market, and I see this guy all the time. Look at him. Oh, my God, he must be. And then God corrects me. You don't know what he's going through. Amen. He might have just lost his wife, or she might have cancer. And right away I go, you know me, I'm a weeping guy. And I go to the corner where the crackers are, and I start crying, looking at crackers, making believe I'm reading the, the labels. But I'm crying because I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. We know that without Christ, our hearts can never, ever function properly. Our heartbeats become irregular. So that means you and I cannot get the fullness of God. When we hide that darkness in ourselves about anyone or about even ourselves. However, this heart transplant is only possible through the power of God's spirit. Not by reading a good feel good book. And I try to say this to others that I know personally and I love them dearly. All they want to talk to me about, oh, I got to tell you, Peter. They call me Peter. Oh, I got to tell you this. I, I read this wonderful book. And, 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 and I go, yeah, did the book say anything about Jesus? Oh, no, but it was just so wonderful. And, and, and I feel so good. And I said, if you open the Bible and read who the living God is, you're going to feel more than wonderful. You're going to feel uplifted, you're going to feel blessed, and you're going to feel the covering. The covering that we all should ask God. Lord, cover me with your blood from head to toe. And I know with me, he's got to cover a lot. But cover me with your blood from head to toe, that I will receive what you're giving and, 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 and listen. Not only by listening to, again, good feel good uh, preachers, definitely not by practicing certain wolf thought of plan. Sometimes you hear preachers that got this incredible plan for you, but they hardly ever mention Jesus Christ, or, or they hardly ever mention sin. Oh, I can't say that. I may lose all the people that buy my books. I may lose all the people that come into my church, and, 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 and my little box will not be full of envelopes anymore. Ooh. Aren't we thankful to God that Bishop Lyle doesn't worry about that? He never thinks about that. 
You never see Bishop Lyle standing beside the little box going like this. Give, give now. Never. It's got to come from the heart. Got to come from the heart. Trying to become more loving, generous, and kind through self-effort can never bring a harder stone to life. Hey, there's nothing wrong with trying to improve your, your life and my life. But if Jesus is not in the center of it, it doesn't mean anything. I'm, I'm going to be nicer to, to other people. I, I'm going to be more generous. But is it coming from your heart? If it's not, it's not going to work. Sooner or later, the truth is going to come out of you. Sooner or later, it's going to come out. Only God's gift of his presence in our daily life can jumpstart a heart into permanent change. I love that. Jumpstart a heart. It's like when they put the paddles, and Pastor Pam can explain this better, and when a person needs the paddles to be put on them to bring them back to a heartbeat, that they may be flatlined, okay? Think of it this way for you and I. If what's in here can never be revived with God's paddle over us, God's hand over us, it's never going to happen. Unless we surrender all the dirtiest, nastiest thoughts, unforgiveness that lives in our heart, just like I had to before the Lord about my own dear brother. Okay? God's Spirit at work in us enables us to hear God's voice as He guides our decisions to feel and see His hand as He moves through our circumstances to fulfill His plans for us, to become the person He created us to be. When the Holy Spirit takes residency, I love this, when the Holy Spirit takes residency in a transplanted heart, okay, when He takes residency in a transplanted heart, we are fully alive for the very first time in our lives. Amen. So, I want to thank you. And I think I sounded pretty good. I think you were praying for me as I was speaking. And I thank you for that. But take this message seriously. If, if there's any little spot in your heart, and I'm not talking about medically, they, they saw a shadow in your heart. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if there's anything that you want to give up tonight, don't be ashamed. Don't do it for my sake, but do it. That's all I have to say. All right, let's bow our heads and let's close in prayer.